What's up, everyone? We got a jam-packed show for you all. Today, going over what I noticed for the Penguins in their loss on Saturday against Colorado Avalanche and what they can carry over to that game on Tuesday. Also going to have a message for some of the fan base because there have just been some wild takes being thrown around in a whole you know, bunch of platforms lately, so just want to touch on that. And also, again, we'll do a small preview, I guess, um, for the game on Tuesday, even though there really shouldn't be a preview, but you know, we're still going to go into, you know, what the Penguins need to do this time in order to be the Colorado Avalanche, excuse me, and get into some practice updates for Monday. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than at Rope War. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. So, of course, you know, two days old, I know the Pittsburgh Penguins fall to the Colorado Avalanche three to two in what was perhaps one of the best games I think I've watched all season, no matter what team was on my television. Um, I even put this on my social media. If we could just fast forward to mid-June, uh, wherever the final starts this year, and have these two teams play a best-of-seven series, I would absolutely love it. I mean, th- this was incredible hockey, and the fact that Colorado was missing Kadri, um, Landis Cog, Bowen Byram, Sam Gerrard, a couple other players, um, and they're still chugging along, just goes to show how good they are. Um, you know, this was a, again, just a hell of a game. I'm the Penguins. I really think that they, they played their butts off. Um, and, you know, I really have no problem um, just overall with their performance. I think in some areas it can be better, you know, just responding after you score. I think that's going to be a big um, key for the Penguins going into the game on Tuesday. I didn't like, you know, both times the Penguins scored. Colorado scores 25 to 30 seconds later, you know, the last of which, you know, Mike Matheson, Matheson ties it. Less than five minutes left, gets the double digit goals. We're like, okay, Penguins are going to try to get a point out of this at least. And it looks like they were going to do that. 30 seconds later, uh, Nathan McKinnon, an, an intentional shot off the boards, goes right to Devon Taves at the side of the net. No no one in, no one even in the vicinity of Devon Taves, empty net, nothing Tristan Jari can do there. Um, and Avalanche go on to win. The Penguins could not, were not able to score in the power play or on the six on five. So I guess, you know, the, the attention to detail was lacking a couple times. Um, I think in the goals that the Avalanche scored after the Penguins um, nodded the game up uh, both times. But, you know, this game could also have been a lot different had Jake Gensel buried that chance in the second period. Remember, um, he gets that puck right on his stick, right in front of the net, goes forehand, backhand, has Darcy Kemper beat, who was playing a hell of a game. This is He's one of the best goalies the Penguins have gone up against this year. But the puck rolls off his stick. The Penguins are not able to score there. And that's a play that Jake buries 99% of the time. He has over 30 goals this year. He is their best pure goal scorer. It is very rare for him to miss that kind of chance. And, you know, when – when you think about it, the fact that they lost, it, it kind of makes sense. If, if Jake is able to bury that, you know, the Penguins definitely could, could go on to win that game. 
Um, poor Evan Rodriguez. He had chance after chance after chance, a couple mini breakaways. Dusty Kemper was able to shrug those aside. Um, he's now basically at the point, two goals in his last 34 games. And I don't think it's a lack of trying. He definitely is playing his tail off. I just, you know, is he going to be a healthy scratch if this team ever gets healthy? But also, should he be a healthy scratch, even though, though the team right now is without McGinn and Zucker? I'm going to get to them a little later on in this episode. And honestly, you could argue just because he's not producing right now. And, you know, I, I get it. Um, he's definitely a tricky player to evaluate just because he was legitimately really good at the beginning of the year. I mean, this was not just a fluke. But I don't think any of us saw him basically taking a nosedive through the second half of the season. Is he going to stay in the lineup? I would think so. But again, I, I'm also not going to be super upset if he does um, come out of the lineup. You know, I again, I've seen some takes on around that, you know, some of these players down in Wilkes-Barre um, could replace something like Pustin in I've seen thrown around or Angelo or whatever. And I'm like, I, I don't particularly see that. If you want to maybe make the case that Brian Boyle should be over him in the lineup and then Jason Zucker and Brock McGinn come back for the playoffs. Okay. That's maybe a little more reasonable. Redeem Zohorna, I think he's NHL ready. But none of these other kids in Wilkes-Barre who have played fine this year are ready to take over someone who has double-digit goals this year and is honestly closing in on 20 goals. If he can hopefully score a few more here down the stretch. I just – those kind of takes make no sense to me. Um, but, you know, I know I've been on a little bit of a tangent here. I apologize for that. But, you know, overall, I do feel like the Penguins, you know, just – play better defense after the, the, those goals going into Tuesday. Um, the second one, though, I will say this. I didn't like it from Tristan Jari's standpoint. I think that's a save that he needs to make. There really wasn't too much traffic in front of him. Um, yes, I know it's a rocket from Albi Kubel, but he had a pretty good sight of it. I mean, it beat him, I think, low glove. Um, if I have my notes here, yep. So you know that that's a save he has to make. At the end of the day, the first and third goals, I'm not really going to blame him too much. You know, maybe you like to see him catch the first one from Alberta, um, from uh, Burkowski, yeah, Branson, and excuse me. Um, the third one, you know, Devontae, he's standing on the doorstep, no goalie. Um, he's going to make that save. So I thought he was fine. Um, but if he cuts back on that second goal that he allows, on the Penguins, I think we'll definitely be able um, to win the game. That's for sure. And, you know, also the Penguins just have to stay the course. I mean, they fired over 40 shots on Kemper. He was really good. I mean, he's been one of the best goalies in the league the last few months. And, you know, when he's at that level, Colorado is almost unbeatable. And that's been, I think, one of their biggest weaknesses these last couple of years is that Philip Grubauer has not been able to rise up to the level we're seeing right now from Darcy Kemper. If Kemper can keep this up into the playoffs, I do not know who is going to beat that team in the Western Conference, maybe outside of Calgary, and honestly, in the NHL or in the Eastern Conference too. I just, they're so loaded both at forward and on defense. And, you know, the fact that the Penguins played as well as they did in a building that the Avalanche have hardly lost in this year, leave the record coming into this game on Saturday. They were 27 and four and three at home. And the fact that the Penguins were, you know, five minutes away from taking it to basically a 50 50 at that point in overtime in a shootout, um, you know, kudos to them. They can unquestionably play with the top teams in the league. And again, you know, I know that's not good enough for some people. You know, a lot of these fans have championship or bus mindsets, but you know, 
I'm, I'm going to say this right now and some people aren't going to like it, but you know, whatever the penguins for as good as they are, you know, they're only one team wins the Stanley cup right now. It's, it's unlikely that they will just because of the odds against them. And I think people, you know, when they probably do get eliminated at some point in the playoffs, even though I hope that does not happen. And I hope that the other fans that listen to the show and out there in Penguins Nation, that does not happen. You know, when it does, I don't need to see the takes that, oh my God, this guy stings. Or, oh my God, Mike Sullivan is bad. Or, oh my God, same old Penguins with that. It's just like, you know, the East is so loaded this year that, you know, almost no result, maybe outside of Washington winning a series against Florida, would particularly surprise me. So I am... I loved what the Penguins did in that game. They should have gotten a point. I, I get that. You know, it, it would have been a hell of a three-on-three session. But they can go out on Tuesday and go get the two points because I know the Penguins can beat this team. You know, they, they, they proved that, you know, they can – I mean, they obviously came that close um, on Saturday. But, you know, I, I just – I was really impressed um, with what I saw. You know, Sidney Crosby is just a one-man wrecking crew right now. 72 points in 58 games, got his 26th goal of the season. Um, he is, this is probably the best hockey I've seen him play in probably since the pandemic started, I would think. Um, you know, this is this is some special stuff. And I know a lot of people take Cindy Crosby for granted. It's the regular season, I get it. But, you know, this is still a top five player in NHL history. And he is putting on a show night after night after night. And I don't think a lot of the national media is paying attention to it. That's whatever, you know, hopefully Sid can have a run for the ages at this year's playoffs. But, you know, I obviously I'm definitely noticing it. And, you know, he just, you know, his hand-eye coordination with the puck on that first goal at the time of the game was um, superb to say the least. Um, coming up in the next segment, I am going to have a message to, you know, some of the fans, uh, just what I've been seeing on social media and a couple other platforms for those that are not on social media. Um, I will explain, you know, everything that's going on. But before I get to that, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking with resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. Almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They are marshmallow They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Heck, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and yes, the puffs are Included, you can go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away by what you see. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. At built bar, they're all about the taste. They'll make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they do it every single time. Now, you can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, as promised, here are some selections from our Mattress Factory Museum Twitter prompts that we ran a few weeks ago and an official response from the museum. When prompted, sports are art that we ran on the Lockdown Penguin Twitter account. Um, Jack underscore T, he linked us to the Chris Kunitz absolutely obliterating Kimo Timonen from the series against the Flyers in Game 3 of 2009. We agreed immediately, one of the biggest hits I have ever seen. Mattress Factory also says Kunitz is just pure power and he has the championship and Olympic hardware to prove it. That is art, totally art. All of this comes from Mattress Factory, Pittsburgh's premier site-specific contemporary art installations museum. That's just a fancy way of basically saying actually immersive art. Remember, you can visit mattress.org slash go pens 
to get a free one-year membership to Mattress Factory when you buy tickets for the Penguins game against the Boston Bruins on April 21st. That's two and a half weeks away. So remember, visit mattress.org slash gopens to get a free one-year membership to Mattress Factory when you buy tickets to the Pens Bruin game on April 21st. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, you know, Penguins Twitter and a whole bunch of other places have just been wilding lately. You know, I saw when the Penguins lost the game against Colorado, it's like they just lost to the Arizona Coyotes or something. And, you know, I, I posted a tweet. You know, on my Twitter account, I, I quote tweeted, you know, Josh Yowie's on tweet. You know, he obviously does great work with the Penguins uh, for the Athletic, if I can find this here real quickly. Um, Josh Yowie, first tweet, you know, the Penguins are having a terrific regular season. They, they're they on pace for 108 points. They dealt with more injuries and illnesses than most of the teams. They they just lost 3-2 to two on the road against the NHL's best team. And all I see is people, um, excuse my language, bitching about them. It is a tough crowd. And then I quote tweeted and I said, Weirdest fan base in the world. They played their butts off and carried play against the best team in the league. But all you see is people saying first round exit again. And that's true. I mean, I, I've lost count of the – my mentions have been blowing up on my social media saying, well, you know, the Penguins haven't won a series since 2018. And, oh, my God, you know, the, the faults are really showing again with the team. And I'm like, I understand that team has faults. Don't get me wrong. You know, I think every team in the league has faults. But – if that is your immediate reaction to the Penguins losing a thriller of a game to the best team in the league, I think people need to get their priorities straight. Um, these last two games, even going back to the game against Minnesota, was absolutely incredible hockey. Um, the Penguins easily could have gotten four out of four points during these last two games against these some the, the, two of the three best teams in the Western Conference. And the fact that, you know, some of the, I'm just going to read some of the, the takes I'm getting in my mentions, you know, right now. Um, you know, they're, someone said they're an easy team to figure out. Every rush is the same. They have a weak defense. I don't know how someone can watch this team and actually say all that and, you know, and mean it. Um, you know, Peng, some guy said Penguins all goals every game the very next shift after scoring for like five games straight. I mean, that's just not accurate because um, other than the Colorado game, I can't figure out the last time the Penguins allowed a goal within 30 seconds of scoring one. Was, was it the game against Carolina about a month ago when they scored twice within the first 11 seconds of the period? Um, I, I, I can't think of any other game. Um, that's for sure. Um, you know, it's just, it, I don't understand it. You know, pe- people need to stop being so negative all the freaking time when it comes to this team. I mean, this team is really, really good. And the fact that, you know, it inspires such little confidence in the fan base is truly just odd. Like I, I don't get it. And I know, you know, Twitter is not the end all be all for stuff, you know, message boards or wherever. Cause obviously there's hundreds of thousands of Penguins fans out here, Brian, obviously probably in the millions too. But the fact that I keep seeing these weird takes from people where it looks like they only jumped on the team when, when they were just pretty good. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it reeks of people who are like, they watch five to 10 games a year and not, you know, the 70 or so that, you know, I, and I think all of you that listen to this podcast um, watch. And I think a lot of other fans obviously out there too. Um, I I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. Um, 
you know, this is again, this is one of the best teams in hockey outside of Tampa, Carolina, and Florida. I would have the Penguins at that number four or number five spot. And, you know, I saw last week, too, where people were saying, well, you know, the, the, the Rangers are a matchup nightmare and all this. And, you know, I look back and I, I rewatched parts of the three games again. It's like, okay, the Penguins played them really good in the first one. That was basically a 50-50 because of the going battle. Penguins won it. They got blown out in the second one because they didn't show up. Okay. They also had some tired legs. Whatever. Third one, basically a 50-50. Shesterkin played really well. The Penguins were not getting the bounces, and the Rangers won. Okay, that was a game that the Penguins easily could have won as well. So I'm like, I'm not really seeing people's points when they say, well, you know, they would get crushed by the Rangers in a series, or this team is primed for a first-round exit. I think too many people um, have a championship or bust mentality with this team. And I understand that to a degree because they have won the Stanley Cup three times in the Sidney Crosby of Kenny Malkin era. They are the probably the most successful team of the salary cap era outside of the Chicago Blackhawks. But um, I would argue the Penguins are more successful than Chicago because um, the Blackhawks have been total trash since 2016. So I would put the Penguins in that. But, you know, these are some of the last few years that we're going to get from Sid Gino and Latang. Just, just appreciate what you're getting. Appreciate that this team is getting close to almost 20 years in a row of being in the Stanley Cup playoffs. One of the teams that actually has a shot at another championship. Appreciate the fact that Sidney Crosby has a point per game for, what, a 16th, 17th straight season, season, excuse me, 72 points in 58 games. Appreciate the fact that Chris Letang is playing some of the finest hockey of his career. Evgeny Malkin is closing in on 20 goals, and he's basically played for only three months of this season at this point. You have a Hall of Fame-worthy head coach behind the bench in Mike Sullivan, the best coach, I would argue, in this franchise's history, right up there with Badger Bob. And yet I still see so much pessimism when it comes to this team. I I I don't get it. You know, people need to chill out. I think it's really not that serious. Um, yes, I know I get mad when they lose, you know, two times, but at least, you know, I, I try to, you know, when, when I come on this podcast, when the team does lose, I, I try to take positives out of those losses and how that can be applied moving forward with the Penguins so that what happened does not happen again. So um, I just wanted to send that message to some of the fans out there just because, you know, I, I you know, my mentions just been blowing up on social media and I think there needs to be more fans in this fan base that, you know, are confident in this team going to the playoffs because this team is really special. And again, this is probably the best assembled roster, hopefully fully healthy if they ever get there since 2017. So um, I, I just, I, I had to say that um, for everyone. Now coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to some practice notes from the day on Monday and a couple other things as well. Before I get to that, though, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I already touched on the first segment, how the Penguins can beat Colorado in Tuesday a little bit. You know, I, I already said that, 
you know, they just they got to pay more attention to detail after they score goals, make sure Colorado doesn't get them on the counterattack. But, you know, it's really as simple as just, you know, if you play the way you did on Saturday, you know, more times than not, you're going to beat any team in the league. Heck, even Colorado. You know, Adam Gretz was making that point um, on Twitter on Saturday. You, know, you probably beat 30 teams in the league with that kind of performance. And, heck, even times Colorado, who's just that good. So if the Penguins play like that again, um, they will be fine. And you know, this, they just got to, you know, get a more of a timely save from Tristan Jari, especially on that second goal. Special teams have to be a bit better, especially when you get a chance to score on the power play late in the game. You got to deliver there. The zone entries weren't good. And, you know, they just, they weren't shooting enough, I don't think, and especially on the six on five situation there. And it's, you know, b- better defensive hockey, you know, better awareness, I think, you know, with, with in, in a late game situation such as there, where you're fighting to get a point and take the game into the 50 50 session for three on three. Um, you just got to be better. You got to help out your goaltender a little bit. So I think if the Penguins do all those things, um, hopefully they don't have to work on the six on five because they'll be winning. Uh, I think the Penguins will be able to come out victorious and get points 93 and 94. So there were some practice notes today. Jason Zucker was back skating. So this injury does not seem to be nearly as serious as the hernia. Um, there was still no update from Mike Sullivan. He said he's hopefully going to have something tomorrow. Definitely a bit weird that, you know, we're closing in on almost a week now at this point, and they just do not have an update on his injury. Um, the fact that he's already back on the ice, I know he didn't practice today, but the fact that he's already skating, um, that that's really good news. I would have to think it's probably going to be a day-to-day situation, maybe week-to-week, but um, it definitely seems that we have not seen the last of Zilker this season, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, he, this team needs him back. He was so great in that game against Minnesota before he got hurt with that nasty check uh, from Kevin Fiala. Say at least Brockman game. He skated before practice. Um, the earliest he can return is this Saturday. So he will not be playing on Tuesday against Colorado. I doubt he'll play on Thursday against the Rangers either. Maybe he'll play this weekend. We have to see if he gets into a practice at this point. And for those you know that don't pay attention to magic numbers or anything, the Penguins' magic number right now is nine. So the Islanders have a pretty tough schedule coming up. Um, they have Dallas Stars tomorrow night, as the same night the Penguins play the Avalanche. Then they go to Carolina on Friday. Then they have St. Louis on Saturday. So if the Penguins are able to win tomorrow night against Colorado and the Islanders lose in regulation to Dallas, the match number goes down a little bit. I believe it's down to five. Then if the, and then if the Islanders lose on Friday to Carolina, all the Penguins have to do is win one of those last two games on uh, one of those two games this weekend against Washington or Nashville and they will clinch their spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, you know, if everything goes their way, which who knows if it will, probably not knowing this team's luck, Penguins can clinch a playoff spot as soon as this Saturday or Sunday, and it'll be another record-breaking um, streak as we're closing in on almost 20 years um, at this point, which is just hard, hard to believe. I mean, the first the first year the Penguins made the playoffs <laughs> during that streak, I was like, yeah, I was nine years old, and I'm 24 right now. I'll be 25 this year, so... Um, it's just pretty, pretty crazy to think about. Um, but that'll do it for this episode of uh, the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm excited to see how the team responds tomorrow night at, um, in, I was about to say in Colorado, in Pittsburgh. Obviously, the Penguins, three of their next four games are in Pittsburgh. They Again, they go to New York on Thursday. Then they play Washington on Saturday, who's really struggling. And then Sunday, they will play the Nashville Predators before two more games against the Islanders. And then they'll play the Boston Bruins a couple more times. So this is a pretty big stretch of games here coming up for the Penguins. You know, if they can go like four and three or something like that throughout this stretch, um, that, that would be, I, I think, a job well done. 
um, in my actually no four and four something like that. Or, you know, five and three. Um, that I think would be a job well done, um, in my opinion. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Um, oh, I, I didn't leave out one thing. Um, shout out to Mike Matheson, probably the best hockey I've, I've seen him play ever. You know, he's in double digit goals. Uh, he is just I think transforming into a star before our very eyes. You know, maybe. You know, he's not going to ever be good enough to play on that top pairing and maybe even the second pairing. But, man, has he been electric for the Penguins this year. Um, and I really hope that that continues um, down the stretch and into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I will be back on Tuesday. I'll, I'll, I'll outline the week for you all right now. Tuesday, full game recap episode for the Colorado Avalanche game. Wednesday, we're going to preview the massive game on Thursday with John Chick of Locked on New York Rangers. Thursday, I'm going to have a full game recap with Rachel Knowns of the Hockey Writers. And then Friday, I'm going to try to bring on Adam Gretz from Pro Hockey Talk and Pennsburg to talk about this team on um, a multitude of topics surrounding the Penguins. So that's what you can look forward to for this week's worth of episodes. And you can catch the next episode of this podcast on Tuesday evening. Have a great rest of your day.